USC is number four, and they are in the playoff field. Let it ride. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I'm your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, we are free. And again, if you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already, why not? You should probably just hit that subscribe button. And to those of you who already have, I want to say thank you because it means a whole heck of a lot. And you can always follow me on my Twitter at Mark Culkin. All right, this episode is brought to you by Sling TV. This episode of Locked on USC is brought to you by Sling TV. Don't miss this week's matchup between USC and Cal Berkeley in men's hoops uh, on the Pac-12 network right here on Sling. The TV you love for a price you love, try it today. That's right. If you don't have the Pac-12 network and you're not going up on the up to uh, Berkeley to watch the game, you won't be able to watch it. So check out Sling TV. All right, there it is. It's official. USC is the number four ranked team in the very next to last college football playoff poll that was released on Tuesday. How's it feel, USC fans? It's been a while. It's the first time USC has ever been uh, involved in the playoffs. The last time they were uh, being talked about this late in the season, as far as with national championship implications, 2008, the year they had one loss, BCS era. They were left out of the uh, out of that BCS championship game. Nevertheless, USC. Uh, it, it's hopefully you're enjoying this time of year because uh, it, it's it's been a while since uh, USC and the Trojan family of fans have been able to uh, to to be one of the top four teams to be spoken about at the end of the season. And actually, USC is in a really good spot at number four. You know, USC is going heading to Vegas this weekend. Let's, uh, let's talk about, they ever played craps? Okay. Four is a good point if you've uh, ever rolled the dice. You know, it gives you multiple ways to win. You play, obviously, the pass line. Uh, you could roll a hard four, two and two. You can play the field. So, again, there's multiple ways to, to score uh, with a four in craps. And this is why USC is in a good spot. If they win, that's the worst they can do. They're not going to fall out of the top four. They will finish number four with a win. And if TCU at number three, Michigan at two, and Georgia at number one, if they all went out, um, unless USC just spanks the heck out of Utah and TCU has a really close, narrow win, um, it's going to be difficult for USC to leapfrog an undefeated uh, Horny Horn Frogs team into that number three spot. But um, it's it's possible. You know, I, I just said, you know, if USC has a big win, TCU looks, you know, iffy, that could be enough. Uh, obviously, TC loses and USC wins, they're going to slide on up. Well, enjoy it today for the next few days up and leading up until the game, I guess. 
uh, because being number four today means absolutely nothing when that final poll comes out on Sunday. So, um, but again, take time to enjoy this. You know, I'll say it again. Uh, Lincoln Riley, the last words he said to the fans in the stadium and and on the microphone uh, before the team took the field against Notre Dame, I kind of looked around. I was like, this isn't a vision. Enjoy it. Uh, it's not a vision anymore. USC has reached its goals. It still has a few more. Obviously, there's still a couple more steps left. but. Uh, to get there, you've got to take these steps. And USC is right where they should be. So, uh, again, enjoy the moment because, uh, as USC fans know, it, they they come around, but they leave as well. Hopefully there won't be a, a long, dark valley like what USC has been coming out of. Um, so I mentioned, you know, back in 2008, USC uh, was left out of the championship game because they lost on the road a couple points at Oregon State. Uh, well, this year they've got one blemish on the road by one point to Utah, the team that, you know, everyone preseason, uh, they were picked to win the Pac-12 conference. So uh, I'm not sure why uh, that was being held against USC for as long as it was. However, they're going to get their chance to uh, – as I mentioned, secure that number four spot at worst um, with a win Friday night, five o'clock West Coast time in Las Vegas when they take on Utah. And then uh, we'll see where the chips fall uh, after Saturday's games. US, you know, USC wins. Um, like I said, they're locked in at number four. Worst case scenario. But again, so we'll see what happens after Saturday's games. Uh, you know, can Kansas State, um, can they actually hold on to a lead uh, this time? Or, you know, is, is TCU's ability just to constantly come back and win games at the end, um, is that just going to continue? Is that is that who they are this year? Eventually that catches up with you, right? You can't keep, you know, running your field goal team out there with, you know, barely any time left and have everything go flawlessly. They were, you know, for anybody who remembers, Kansas State had that game won, but TC was a good team, so you give them their credit. This time, you know, hopefully, uh, like I said, USC fans are hoping for a win from against Utah, but they're hoping for a win from Kansas State as well. <clears throat> Look, can Purdue pull the big upset over uh, Michigan? LSU over Georgia? Probably not on either account. Um, yeah, it's just, I don't know if LSU has enough offense defensively. They could probably cause Georgia some, some problems. I just don't know if LSU has the offensive capabilities to, to make it happen. And I don't even, you know, their, their quarterback, Jane Daniels, I'm very familiar with him, came over from Arizona state. Uh, if he plays, he won't be a hundred percent. Uh, Saturday against Georgia, so yeah, maybe Purdue is the best bet for the upset. <laughs> um, so, like I said, you know, even if TCU gets that close win, uh, can a convincing win over Utah by USC bump them in over an undefeated team? Because that's what you're asking the committee to do. 
all of a sudden at the end of the year say, hey, you know what, TCU, you went you went through the entire season, including your conference championship game, unscathed. But we think USC's overall resume, even with that one loss, is better. I would love to see it happen, but that's a that's a tough ask. Uh, let's see here. Uh, I would, you know, the reason why I think, well, personally for me, I would love to see USC in that number three spot so they can start in Glendale, Arizona. And not because I'm trying to have USC avoid playing Georgia in the first round, assuming Georgia holds on to that number one spot, uh, but more so for the fans. I want them to have a chance to go to the game. Um, you know, this is where things get a little bit more financially, uh, where, where fans have to start making a decision. You know, you're, you're traveling to Las Vegas for the conference championship game. And then you got to now start budgeting for the playoffs. Not just one game, possibly two. It's a lot easier to budget for Glendale, Arizona. And if you win that game, staying home in LA, to play the championship game at SoFi Stadium. So you see where I'm going with this. It's uh it's Atlanta or SoFi, or it could be Glendale and SoFi. Um, so again, you know, for the fans' sake, so they don't have to hawk a body organ, you know, to afford the postseason. I think it would be great if somehow the committee took all this into consideration. You know what? Maybe it's a shorter trip for TCU at number four, traveling to Atlanta to play Georgia, Michigan, USC, and Arizona. Sounds good. And, you know, why is Ohio State getting a mulligan at number five? You know, they're sitting there after getting their buck nuts literally crushed at home by Michigan. Um, if either USC or TCU loses, naturally they're going right to slide right on in. Why? Somebody needs to explain that to me. It's, it's You know, USC lost by one point on the road to Utah. They're going to have, assuming they Right now, they have three top 25 wins right now. Ohio State lost by 22 at home. They only have two top 25 wins. Those came much earlier in the season. One of those was against Notre Dame. USC has that as well. Uh, the other one, I believe, was against Penn State. Um, and, you know, if we're asking about teams playing defense, you know, Boo Corgan wanted to see that. USC checked out that box. Ohio State's defense... Not looking too good at the end of the year. And then you got Alabama hanging around at number six, just in case LSU pulls that upset. You got to have an SEC team in there somewhere, right? So we'll see what happens. Um, you know, you look at Alabama's resume this year, they got nothing to hang their hat on other than their, their name. And yeah, you know what? They've earned it over the last whatever decade plus. But we're talking about this year's Alabama team. I mean, it's almost like all of a sudden, if making the conference championship game, uh, it becomes like it's like a noose trap. You know, you stick your head in there, and man, you better you better maneuver it out very carefully because you can get stuck in there. And you lose in the conference championship game, and you can find yourself out of the playoffs. That's, I guess, one of the fundamental flaws of this whole four-team playoff format. And it's obviously it's going to be less of a concern when the field expands to 12 teams. But until that happens, this is what 
USC and I guess TCU are up against, uh, maybe even Michigan. You know, do you, would it be possible for Michigan to lose to Purdue and drop out and have Ohio State replace them? Something that doesn't seem right. All right. Well, you can bet on something strange happening uh, this this weekend. Always does. And then uh, head on over to betonline.net because they are your number one source for your sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there from football to basketball to soccer. Go USC, excuse me, Team USC. They beat Iran today, one nothing. And eSports, we've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. Uh, we're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, tell me what. Tell you what. Tell me, USC fans, when the United States uh, beat Iran one nothing, you weren't chanting USC instead of USA. I was USC. Anyways, all right. So, someone explain to me. <clears throat> Why is USC only a three-point favorite going into the game Friday night against Utah? Head on over to Ben Online. Check it out. USC is a three-point favorite right now. Um, and here's the, some of the questions. I'm, I'm kind of curious why. What am I missing? So Cameron Rising, Utah's quarterback, uh, he has not been 100% uh, since their win over USC. Uh, he's had some sort of knee issue. Um, he even missed a game. And, uh, you know, he's there, I believe their second or third leading rusher on this, excuse me, on the season. Um, since that USC game, which was game seven, or, um, he has not, uh, he's not rushed for a touchdown since that win. Nor has he rushed for more than 45 yards in a game, in any game since that USC game. Uh, Utah will also be without Tavion Thomas, their leading rusher. Um, so I'm wondering, you know, what do the wise guys who set these lines know? All of a sudden now, Utah's best rushing tandem, um, they're, you know, number one, Tavion Thomas won't be playing. And it sounds like, Cam Risen isn't 100%. He's not going to, well, I said the other day that he's willing to, you know, put his, throw his body on the line. But if if he can't move as well as he was, um, that should be advantage USC, I would think. And, and USC is also getting a, they're getting healthier on defense. You know, Eric Gentry will be back. Shane Lee uh, will be playing without that giant club on his hand. Uh, it's still taped up. Nevertheless, uh, he'll be much more effective. So I'm thinking, you know what? If I'm Alex Grinch, I'm getting super aggressive and, and I'm making Cam Cameron Rising move around. Make him uncomfortable. Uh, get, you know, obviously get after him, sack him. Uh, Utah protects their quarterback. They're one of the best in the, in the country. So that's got to change this game. I think it's going to be interesting. You know, how's Kyle Winningham going to uh, game plan this time around? Uh, again, knowing that Rising isn't 100% healthy, Tavion Thomas 
isn't playing. He's getting ready for the NFL draft. And also, Utah away from Rice-Eccles Stadium, completely different team. They've got three losses. On, they're 9-3. and three. They lost their first game of the year at Florida. Florida's not a good team this year. Um, they lost at UCLA by 10, and they lost by three at Oregon. Now, uh, Utah probably could have won that game at Oregon. Uh, they probably should have won the game at Florida. You see, the UCLA game is the one game where they really just got their butts handed to them. Um, but again, when they're on the road, when they're away from home, from those from the friendly confines up there in Salt Lake City, they turn into a different team. And as I mentioned uh, on a previous episode this week, uh, Lincoln Riley has faced, he's been beaten uh, by one team twice in the same season. Uh, it was Texas and Iowa State. Well, he ended up meet, uh, playing those same teams in the conference championship game later that year. And he won both three matches. So, um, word to the wise, Kyle Whittingham, Utah Ute fans. This is a Lincoln said it's not a revenge game. That's you know, coach speak. Tooley said it is a revenge game, and I want to see Lincoln Riley get in Tooley's face and tell him it's not a revenge game. I'm sure he said it in a different way, but I'm not telling Tooley it isn't a revenge game. Tooley gets whatever Tooley wants. So, and uh, it'll be, uh, I'm looking forward to how Utah schemes their offense differently this time around, as well as how Alex Grinch defends Utah's offense. You know, is it going to be one of those uh, boxing matches where everybody just kind of, you know, starts jabbing and punching to see what what's out there and then we have to wait till the second half and for adjustments to be made or you know does Lincoln just say hell with that we're just airing it out now throw caution to the wind might as well right you're gone from four and eight to eleven and one don't change who you are now um also defensively you know this isn't your typical Utah team uh, as far as physicality is concerned Sure, they still play a physical brand, very blue collar. Um, but they're, again, USC showed last week against Notre Dame that um, don't punch you in the mouth. They have no problem playing smash mouth football. They challenged Notre Dame to their game, playing it their style, and they won convincingly. I'd love to see that. Um, so, again, I'm trying to understand why the uh, odds makers only have USC as a three-point favorite. I understand where they want the, you know, it's all about money, making sure it's coming out even um, by the betters. But that, to me, that's still screaming USC, man. They're going to win this game by more than a field goal. Uh, another reason why I'm trying to figure this out, one of Utah's better defensive backs, Clark Phillips, um, might not play. He didn't play last game, and... Kyle Whittingham is very similar to Lincoln Riley with his injuries, likes to hold him, his cards close to the vest. So I would be shocked if Clark doesn't give it a go, how effective he'll be. be you know, we'll, I guess we'll find out on game day. Southern California young man, uh, he's going to want to play against the uh, 
hit the USC Trojans, one of the schools he grew up watching. Uh, Let's see, what else can we talk about here? Oh, you know, again, here's another thing. USC leads the nation in turnover margin, just under two per game, 1.92. And they've only lost four all season. Three interceptions by Caleb, and they're being charged for a fumble on an onside kick that they didn't recover. That, that rule's got to get fixed somehow. Um, did you know that USC is number two in the nation in third down conversions on offense? So at 55.5%. USC is also number three in the nation and number one in the Pac-12 in team passing efficiency uh, at 169. And then USC, they also lead the Pac-12 conference in passing yards per completion just under 14 yards per, 13.82. And they're also fifth in the nation in total offense, 506 yards per game. And then number six in the nation in passing offense, 322 yards. Um, And then number three in the nation, and they lead the Pac-12 in scoring 42.5 points per game. That's USC in offense. Maybe this is it. Utah's defense, they give up just under 21 points a game, 317 yards per game. USC's defense throughout the season, they give up 26 points per game, 405 yards. So that's what, about a touchdown differential? That's essentially what that is without the extra point. And they're saying on a neutral field, USC is three points better. I don't see it. Someone explain it to me. I know I'm not the brightest bulb in the box. Some have called me a rube, as m- among other things. But uh, you know, just look at the way these teams match up. USC has the advantage at quarterback, wide receiver, running back, offensive line. Uh, they're saying that USC's defense is their weakest link. No one will disagree that that... Between the two units, offense, defense, defense is the weaker of the two. Is it a special teams game? Is that what it's going to come down to? Let's hope not. All right. Uh, before we get out of here on this uh, on this episode of Locked On USC, some did you knows. Did you know that Kalen Bullock's five, fifth interception that he had on the season against Notre Dame that's the most in any season at USC since Adoree Jackson had five in 2016. Remember, he was a freshman All-American. He didn't even sniff the Pac-12 all uh, preseason teams. Not even honorable mention. Caleb's play did the talking. Uh, did you know that Caleb is going to win the Heisman? Duh, big red truck. Um, did you know that he's also up for the uh, Davy O'Brien and the Maxwell Award? Why not the hat trick, right? Bryce Young pulled it off last year, and I, I think Caleb's having a very similar type of season. So uh, why not? Let's get let's get all three on on the uh, on the mantle for Caleb this year. Did you know that Tuli Tuiapolotu was a finalist for the Chuck Benarek and Bronco Nagurski Award? You do now. Um, 
Thule has 12 and a half sacks so far on the season. The record for most sacks in one year is by BKU big Kenichi Udizi, who had 16 and a half back in 2003. That was a really good USC team, for those of you who remember. They split the national championship. And uh, there will be no split this year. USC is either going to win it or they're not. But they're going to have an incredibly good season regardless. A couple more things here. Uh, As far as the Vegas Bowl, I mentioned this on uh, the other night or the other day on the Locked on USC show. I thought it was going to be interesting to see uh, who had a better fan representation. Well, Utah has already sold out their ticket allocation that they were given. They made the announcement today. USC, you're on the clock. I know you'll be out there. Represent well. Otherwise, uh, it might not be Rice-Eccles Stadium, but it's going to sound like Rice-Eccles Stadium. Um. Oh, and the last couple of things here before we uh, before we check out. So USC men's hoops they tip off their season conference season Wednesday night at uh, up in Berkeley at Cal. So uh, and then they return home for a Sunday game against the Oregon State Beavers. Both of those games will be on the Pac-12 Network. And uh, if you don't have Sling TV and you're not at the game, not gonna be able to watch it. Unless you have a Dish Network, they've got the Pac-12 Network, or uh, any of your other cable providers that provide it. Point being, you need to be there, be at the game, or have the Pac-12 Network if you want to watch USC basketball their first two conference games, because uh, they're looking to bounce back after a really disappointing trip to the Bahamas, where they lost in overtime to Tennessee. They had that game won, and then they uh, again fell apart at the very end against Wisconsin in the third place game. Hopefully, uh, they will just continue to get better as the season goes along. They got to get that that uh, that point guard situation figured out. Bottom line. All right, I'm not going to ramble on anymore. We'll be back with another episode of Locked On USC tomorrow. Actually, um, if you don't get Locked On USC, you're going to get a crossover with myself and JT Wistersel from Locked On Utah, Locked On Utes. We're going to. Uh, talk about the upcoming game together. And then, uh, well, again, I mentioned uh, short week, USC, Utah, they play on Friday. All right. So until the next episode where you see this face, whether it be on Locked on USC or the crossover Locked on USC versus Locked on Utes, you guys know what to do.